I can live with your disappointment. Go to the modem zone. Hello and welcome to episode number 217 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Wednesday, April 5th, 2023. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America just outside of Chirac where there's a brand new mayor who (laughs) worse than the old one. Yep. And from America's left coast where our AI overlords have seven fingers per hand. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Man, I would give an AI the job of Chicago mayor in a heartbeat. I did can't possibly be any worse that was actually on my list of things to ask you about because i remember we had this discussion where you were talking about yeah the two mayor can't you know when when uh uh, beetlejuice got knocked out of the race you're like well there's two left one is a total psycho communist and the other one i kind of support yeah and of course we knew at that moment exactly which one was going to take the the total psycho communist wins yes so uh, if you thought the crime was bad in Chicago up until now, it's only going to get worse. Only going to get worse. This is a guy that wanted to completely defund the police. This is a guy that Bernie Sanders stumped for because he's a fellow commie socialist bastard. So, and, if, and you know what's even worse than all of that? He's a white male. They'll well, never was. forgive him for that. Yeah, Bernie was. So they that's the problem. But this guy's black. So this was this is purely a race thing. There's no way this guy gets elected except for the fact that it's like, oh, well, he's is black. It, Let's got to vote. For uh, it. But is, uh, is it a race thing or is it a commie thing? I mean, I so think it's mainly reasons. a race thing. I don't think most people that went out to vote and let's understand that Chicago, the population, I don't know what percentage is voting age. But I believe at the last census, there were like three and a half million people in Chicago, just over 500,000 voted. Uh, You think 500,000 people voted or 500,000 Democrat votes came in? Right. There were 500,000 votes that came in. Whether that means how many people actually went to the polls and voted and how much was shenanigans. Because, I mean, we've been having Uh, dead people vote in Chicago since like the 40s. How many people went to the polls? With boxes of ballots over and over again. Yeah, just keep filling them in just until we have enough. And uh, this is the result, I guess, that Chicago wanted. And this is why you have to be careful when you're like, Lori Lightfoot, Beetlejuice, she's horrible. Anybody would have to be better. And then it's like, well, no, that's not true. I agree with part of that statement. She is horrible. Uh huh. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, But, you know, never dare the political establishment to say, you know, you can't possibly come up with somebody worse because they're like, hold my beer. Uh huh. And this is the world we live in where the extremist candidates are getting pushed because of the color of their skin, because the other guy is portrayed as a racist. It didn't matter that the other guy is a Democrat. It's he's white. So he's got to be a racist. Because Actually, the white people are, the, you know, the article that I saw because I did look up an article so that I could speak intelligently on this, although I've already fucked that one up. 
was uh, they said it was a a progressive Democrat versus a Republican adjacent <laughs> Democrat in name only. Yeah. And by that, they mean a white guy that says <laughs> crime is out of control and I don't want to yeah. tax you up the ass. See, what, what they mean is uh, this is somebody who actually has the capacity to govern and might even be somewhere on the same scale as what we used to call moderates. Right. And now but, the only thing that the progressives will accept is the most extremely progressive candidate out there. I, I am of the opinion that cities like Chicago and Seattle get what they deserve. The, oh, yeah. There's a reason that you don't live in Chicago and I don't live in Seattle. The problem, of course, is that their politics never stay contained to the city limits. But what this is do? true, too. I mean, but I'm very close, almost walking distance from indiana and i'm thinking it might be time even though it's a pain in the ass to move uh, you know what things going w- the way they are on the left coast i'm almost in walking distance of indiana <laughs> i might fucking walk that <laughs> it's like come on down it's a great place there's a lot less socialism and communism and there's just more sanity and that's what we're losing touch with is sanity when We've talked about it almost every episode, the amount of crime going on, the amount of murders going on in Chicago. When the guy running for mayor is like, I want to defund the police. I'm wondering (laughs) what the people voting. I mean, unless this is just a a bunch of people who want the city to absolutely hit rock bottom. That may be it. Maybe they want to gentrify. They want to redo the whole thing. There's been about seven or eight times when you're looking at this going, the city has got to have hit rock bottom now. Uh And then they pull out the blasting gear and start going down farther. I don't get it. I, uh, you know, again, I, I'm going to say I, 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 my first order recognition for something like this is the city gets what they voted for. But the problem with that, of course, is that I honestly don't believe that the worst candidate, I, I cannot, I cannot believe I cannot have any faith or confidence that the person who, got elected by the most votes is actually the person that the majority of people wanted. We, I, you know, there is no confidence in our balloting systems anymore because, you know, we keep having election after election with charges of corruption and fraud and ballot stuffing and, and people are like, Oh yeah, this might be really bad. And then the people at the top are like, eh, but it doesn't matter. Let's have another election with the same equipment and change nothing. Well, you can't trust any of that. No. And the end result is, do we really have a voice? And I don't yes, have an answer for that. because we still have guns. Well, for now. For now, well, because that's the other utopia that the Democrats the, the are phrase, pushing. My cold, dead fingers. The concept that you could make all of the guns disappear and then not let any back in over any of the porous borders that you won't defend, Democrats. I think it's great. That they but there really, are no guns in Mexico. That's no. why the border is so safe. Oh, didn't you see which fucking asshole was it? I think it was Jean-Pierre, the presidential mouthpiece. We had a clip on Planet Rage, the show I do with Larry Blydner on Mondays, that was saying that Mexico, that was the problem. The, all the Mexican drug cartels are armed with American guns. It's like, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> of course they are. This is the, the right, because the cartels because in the, Mexico. The, 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 the Mexican drug cartels, those are the good guys, though. Right. Uh, you know, so saith, for example, the illegitimate governor of Arizona. And they could never get their hands on any guns if they didn't get them from America. That's the story that the idiots in the White House want you to believe. 
uh, well, there is gun manufacturing there, but uh, if any other country other than the U.S. starts manufacturing really good, effective munitions, um, you can guarantee the U.S. would go in and bomb the hell out of them because the U.S. government is, of course, doing the bidding of its overlords in the military industrial complex who wants a monopoly on creating munitions. Hey, we make good stuff. I might be acting like a conspiracy theory here, but frankly, I'm on the side of the conspiracy theorists these days because they've had everything right for four years now. Everything. Every damn thing. It's like the name one conspiracy that hasn't been true. And if you say flat earth, I'm logging out. <laughs> well, that was only uh, that's why that podcast disappeared. Maps with Matt, because flat earth was proven. I mean, I think that was what happened there. But yeah, you had. Oh, no, this. COVID-19 came from a bat in a wet market. Oh, wait, it came from a lab, maybe? That seems like maybe now that's where we're going with this. Yeah, oh, imagine no, that. masks it, will it, protect you from all viruses. Vaccines but, are completely safe and effective. Nothing to worry about. But, but masks do protect you from viruses. If you wear it long enough, you will become very sick and die, and then you're immune to viruses. Well, did you see the story? That the ex guy from I saw Google, a lot of stories. Yeah, the one that said immortality will be here within eight years. Uh, yeah, that's kind of like uh, you know, uh, working AI will be uh, no. Well, it could be. This is a guy I forget uh, his name. Full now. self driving will be here within eight years. Too. Oh, they've been we've been hearing that for a long time. Yeah, but this was a guy that I guess has made like 147 similar types of predictions and has been right 86 percent of the time so he's not just a loon but i guess the concept for him here is that medical science is so close to having little nanobots that can be injected into your system that will repair oh there's no fucking way i would ever trust that can you imagine i mean it's I, the well, only way you're going to be immortal but can you imagine yeah, here's here's the problem and this is a problem with lots and lots of technologies and that is you know, people will say, oh, you just don't trust technology. You know what? I trust technology. Fine. I understand technology. Technology is neither good nor evil. Technology does the bidding of whoever is wielding it. And I am sure as hell not going to get nanobots injected into my bloodstream that are controlled by Pfizer and programmed by Google and Microsoft. I, I do not. I, I have a lot of faith in in technology has the potential to really improve things. I have no respect, confidence, or faith whatsoever in the people who are currently wielding that technology against us. You know, there's a great fiction story in there. Maybe I need to write it because imagine you're absolutely right. The little thing they're injecting into people that takes away cancer and takes away all the bad diseases and all of this, you have to realize it has that other aspect to it, which is. Whoever is controlling that can also go, oh, well, if these nanobots can cure you of everything, they could sure as well kill you, too. Oh, absolutely. You know, <laughs> and that would just be great. You'd have you'd have but, a Ryan Bemrose out on the street corner with a megaphone telling about what the government's doing. And all of a sudden he just collapses because somebody walking by goes. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah, you and you don't have to assume malicious intent, although there's plenty of malicious intent out there. So that's a valid concern, because, yes, if you. If you say the wrong thing on Twitter or you protest the government on the wrong issue, they might just decide to push the button and you fall down dead from a heart attack. Uh, oh, wait, no, they're doing that with, but with injections. But anyway, 
you don't have to assume malicious intent though. Um, AI is one of the best topics coming up today, but biomedicine absolutely is high on the list of, um, don't pay attention to the marketing. These people genuinely have no freaking idea what they're doing. They're just like, Oh, we had a, a study that uh, is just as reliable as any other study that's out today where that's bought and paid for that suggested that maybe uh, this result that our marketers wanted us to have and therefore hey, ship it and you go inject something in there. And let's assume that Pfizer isn't run by and, and the, the CDC and uh, you know, NIAID Fauci, whatever was not, Actively trying to murder as many human beings as possible. Let's assume for a moment that they desperately wanted to try to save Americans and people around the world by giving them a vaccine that protected you from the common cold that our immune system was already protecting us from. But ignore that. If if they actually wanted to, they still fucked it up so badly that it's giving people strokes and heart attacks left and right. Yeah, you don't want to be in the first round. Do you want people this fucking incompetent to be injecting you with little tiny machines that can change your cells? Yay, nanobots. Here's the thing. Let's just assume for a moment that the technology has gotten to the place where those nanobots would work and do what they're supposed to do. Aren't we already being told we have a world overpopulation crisis? Oh, that's the, the, the people trying to kill us like Bill Gates keep telling us that. Yes. Well, if people don't die, doesn't this become infinitesimally worse? Oh, no, no, no. You see, that's not going to be a problem because even if immortality becomes available in eight years, it's not going to be immortality for everybody because all the undesirable poor people who make less than a million dollars a year will not be offered this technology. You and I, podcasters, will be let to die because we're not important enough to give this technology to. In fact, there will probably be government regulation that says, if your name is not Rockefeller or Vanderbilt, then you don't get this or something to that effect. Oh, no, you only we're, we're, get it if you, you if you get a seat in Congress. The, the <laughs> immortality that is coming under if 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 technology brings immortality to human beings under the current system, the type of immortality that you have is going to be like uh, the sleeves in altered carbon where uh, the rich and elite can live for centuries because they have access to all of the best technology that keeps them alive forever. And everybody else dies in poverty at a young age. That's the kind of future we're going for. If the technology arrives before the, the utopia can catch up, right? You know, Roddenberry eat your heart out. We are developing all of the advanced star Trek technology that is going to be available to people richer than you. Well, these were my thoughts exactly, because most people in in, in the United States, anyway, you figure that you have to work until you're like 65, maybe 70. Then you save up enough money that that lasts the rest of your life. Well, if you live (laughs) right, which is I'm sorry, that's so 1975. I know, but that's still what a lot of people think, even though they're not really uh, accurate on that. But imagine if you live, let's just say the average life expectancy goes up. From I think it just dropped, so I think we're back into the 70s in America. But let's yeah. let's assume it's up to like 400. That all of a sudden the ex- life expectancy is 400 years old. Do you have to work till you're like 350? Then is this really a better life? 
What's the no, deal? No, no, 300, 397 <laughs> right. would be you could have I mean, those, if, if you're in if you're in the lower class. You could have those three great years at the end, though. Yeah. And at the end, really, those three great years are going to be spent in a, a government run retirement home where your pills are regimented every day and you're not allowed to leave. Drew Servo says it could also these nanobots can turn uh, humans into super soldiers. And he links to some movie that I'd never heard of. But that was the whole concept of Dark Angel with a young Jessica Alba. I'll have to watch that series again that they were creating. They were breeding, although I don't remember how if they were injecting shit. I just remember she had a barcode on the back of her neck. And and all of the the super soldier uh, movies, they always end up with at least one of them getting loose and wreaking havoc on people, which is kind of unrealistic because any any wealthy elite who manages to turn a Joe Schlub into a super soldier is sure as hell going to put in safeguards to make sure he doesn't have anything resembling free will. Right. Because those, again, those nanobots where they can just press the Bemrose kill button. Yeah. Um, they'll just stick something in your brain. That's like, you will follow every order that I say, because if you don't, then I have the ability over the internet to shut your brain off. Yeah. So that's an interesting concept there, but uh, maybe that's what they need in Chicago. We just need people to be immortal because we kill off so many with the uh, drug gun violence that maybe that's what we need. I don't know. By the way, how do you know they haven't already injected all those nanobots into your system? You don't. I mean, I'm hoping for those. I mean, I don't know. I know they're not nanobots, but I mean, we talked about that. The concept of regrowing my retina is maybe a year away. Yeah. So the technology that wasn't there just a few years ago, I mean, this is the kind of stuff. I mean, it may not be little bots, but once it gets there, it is a very interesting moral dilemma that is thrown upon everybody. There was a new, uh, I just pulled it up, a a study that came out using uh, CDC and NHS data, which came up with a a 93% uh, likely or accuracy uh, viability, whatever, whatever they use to rate studies that said um, the fully vaxxed people lose 25 years of their life expectancy. Okay. You know what? I don't want to, I don't want to talk about the thing again. Never mind. Ignore me. <laughs> so at least on the plus side, they got Trump. Right. Oh yeah, sure. They sure got him. I mean, this is the insanity <laughs> on this whole concept, which is they took 34 counts that wouldn't be, uh, that wouldn't be gone. They wouldn't go after anybody that wasn't named Donald Trump for these same crimes. There's 34. Absolutely. Counts. They tried to raise them all up to a felony level. And people think that this means something. They don't understand how the legal system works. There's a lot of idiots who believe well, the word felony is a buzzword for we get to throw, send him to jail. Right. Yeah. Not going to happen. Not going <laughs> to happen. As was predicted here. You know, there was no mug shot. There was no dragging him in front of anybody. This was yeah, where, where was the frog marching? I thought that was promised. No. Well, the secret service immediately was like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> and it's like, what? What do you mean? The secret service? Don't, no, you listen to those guys because they will kick your ass. Yeah. And they do not fuck around. No. And even they're, if they're not, they're not restricted by those silly little regulations to say that cops aren't supposed to shoot people right. who aren't. Right. <laughs> like this guy got in my way. Boom. Okay. That's yeah. fine. 
just do the paperwork, Larry, and be on your way. Yeah. But even if they can find 12 jurors in New York, and they probably will, that will convict Trump on anything and everything, it will be in the Supreme Court so fast, it'll be like time travel just happened. Yeah. And then the Supreme Court's going to go, no. You know, there's, for a long time, uh, up until, you know, maybe a couple years ago, I had faith that the Supreme Court is just and anything totally unconstitutional will ultimately, it takes a lot of time because it takes forever to get it into the court, but will eventually be shot down by the Supreme Court. But after seeing the bullshit Kavanaugh pulled a couple of years ago and seeing uh, some of the retardation that we have, like people like Sotomayor and Barrett and I feel like the court is being packed by complete fucking morons who've never read the constitution and have no interest in ever reading the constitution. And I think that at this point we have, you know, we still have people like Thomas who very much think that the constitution means something and therefore try to follow it. But the court is being packed by people who are political creatures who do not care about the rule of law. Um, they're being appointed by political douchebags who are being elected by ignoring the rule of law. I think the, the days of trusting the Supreme Court to fix fuck ups like this Alvin Bragg douche hole, um, those days are coming to an end. I'm not sure if it's that bad yet. I We're on the road. We are definitely on the road to that. The other well, we, part is we, not we definitely just- have. A, a lot of split decisions like five, four decision where the obvious only constitutional choice is five people. And then there's four total ideological right. progressives saying yes, but racism or something like that, whatever the fuck they say that makes absolutely no legal sense. And anybody trained on actual legal scholarship, it will be like, yeah, this, this person who got appointed to the court is a complete moron and doesn't understand the law. But now is responsible. And right now it's five, four, and it's a minority. But what happens if somebody managed to knock off Clarence Thomas and Biden gets to go appoint Jean Pierre, what the fuck her name is? <laughs> Can you imagine that? Yeah. The, I, I don't know if Sotomayor has ever voted not down political lines. I don't know if she even has a clue what she's doing outside of I have a political agenda and that's all. That really matters. Yeah, we do and, still and have right now. She's the minority. And right now she's coming in on the wrong and the minority, which is the only reason the court still functions. But we get enough more political appointees on this shit. And and the people who've actually bothered to read the Constitution are going to be in the minority. And then we're going to have, you know, six, three decisions like, oh, yeah, uh, uh, the law that says that Trump is evil and only Donald Trump, uh, you know, totally constitutional and they'll agree. And then suddenly, uh, you know, we'll have a Supreme court decision. I, I am very worried. Like the rule of law collapses the moment that we get enough activists on that court. And we're there, we're halfway there. Which means that uh, you just have to keep throwing more. That's what Biden wants to do. Any, well, he, his brain is mush. The well, people they, around they, him want him to do. They they wanted to pack the court, but that became so politically unpopular that they decided not to do it. And I mean, like I said, at some point they just need to bump off the existing justices. I do enjoy they, the circus going on though, that Alvin Bragg, he's got his big dick energy going and he believes 
that he doesn't have to answer to anybody. And the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy's like, uh, fuck Tart, no, you gotta answer to us. That uh, and and to his overlords in the WEF. You gotta answer to his uh, overlords, which are basically George Soros. And, but yes, uh that's where know, the money somewhere came along from. the line if uh, I don't know, if if enough people start to figure out what's going on, I suppose that there's a chance that voting could bring Congress back if enough people figure out what's going on before all of the states move to fully manufactured voting. Like, you know, certain ones have. I Can't don't know. We just vote I, on the Internet. That'll be safe. Uh, yes. Yes, we can. Um, because I know how to write scripts and my vote counts for a lot more. <laughs> right. Because everything is better when you're on the Internet. The Internet has not made anything worse at all. You could just have AI vote. That would make more sense. But the Trump thing is such a farce Duh. that it's amazing. This is basically, this is impeachment number three. Right. But the problem is that the players opposite Trump are have a lot less stature and are a lot more foolish. Right. This is like a little league team going after him after the yeah. big boys have for years. <laughs> this is now this clueless DA that was put up to this thinking that he was going to get something out of this. I don't know what, because. At first, there's a lot of people who just misunderstand our system who thought, well, you know, if Donald Trump is just convicted of a felony, he can't run for president, you know? Well, no, he can't. What do you mean he's he's not going to get something out of it? His next job, he's going to be run out of New York for making a complete fool of the DA's office as if he hasn't already done that by, you know, letting 70% of violent offenders go or whatever that was. But he's going to be run out of this after this whole thing fails. But he is now a hero to Democrats everywhere. His, I guarantee my next, my prediction, his next job is going to be as a well-placed appointee to something by in the Democrat party or in the DNC or somewhere like the, his political party has got his back. There's no way that this amount of corruption will not be rewarded by his party. Well, and if that all fails, he'll just go work for MSNBC. Which is part of the Democrat party. Right, It is. That's true. That's the uh, mouthpiece there. I mean, uh, Elon pissed everybody off by classifying NPR over their account over on Twitter now has a little thing added to it that says state sponsored media or something. And people are just freaking <laughs> out like, but it is, isn't it? I mean, well, Twitter's been marking places like uh, RT and Al Jazeera state sponsored media forever. Yeah. So same like, thing. It's yeah. good. If you're doing it to one side, you do it to the other. The governor of New York, Hochul, who's another idiot, could yes. have stopped this who, a long time placed, ago. Who placed very highly in the Battle of the Douchebags from Absent a Six. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. Because she could have saved her state a lot of time and money by realizing what this is and just saying, no, you're not doing that. Because she could have just came down and uh, as a president can write his uh you know his order saying that you're you've been pardoned governors can do the same thing in the state so if kathy hochel would have come down and said donald trump hereby is pardoned for any crime he may have committed in new york bragg would have been done she's just as compromised as bragg though yeah but there's reasons why you'd want i mean i I still i find it interesting that people believe that this is being done in order to get Donald Trump the nomination, that the Democrats are doing it intentionally to get him the nomination. 
Oh, that's that's some some of the 4G chess stuff that you're like, you're seeing too many patterns here. Uh-huh. But no, it makes perfect sense, man. They think they could beat Trump, but they don't think they could beat DeSantis. So the only way Trump could now if they do this to Trump, then his fan base will go crazy, man. They're, I think they're hoping for another January 6th, which is the wet dream of all the radical leftists. Yeah, b- because the first one was so convincing. Right. Well, the interesting thing is in this, the only place I heard this was on Bill O'Reilly's program. He said he did his, uh, had his researchers go out and look to see if they could find how many people were prosecuted for crimes committed during the George Floyd riots. And they found, I don't know if this was just in New York because that's where he's based out of or nationwide. Uh, Rittenhouse. Even if it was in New York, there were only two people prosecuted for was Kyle Floyd. Rittenhouse. One of them. No, no, I guess somebody <laughs> threw a couple of people threw Molotov cocktails at the police. And I guess that was the bar <laughs> to, being- uh, you know, the, the police have been completely denutted and uh, are being stomped on from above in their organization of saying, do not go do police things. Just stand there in the uniform and look menacing. But some of them are probably still sitting here going, yeah, there's some shit I will not put up with. Yeah. Well, and there's the end result is more people commit crimes when these crimes are not in when the laws are not enforced, more people will commit the crime. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's a radical idea, you Isn't conspiracy it? theorist. Yeah, I know. Anybody that has children know this. If <laughs> you don't punish them, they keep doing the stupid shit. Yeah. That's like human nature. Yes. Don't <laughs> Don't hit your sister or I shall be very disappointed with you. Right. And then you slap your sister really yeah, hard. <laughs> I can live with your disappointment. Yeah. That's your, your terms are acceptable. Yes. Your, your terms are abs. They're more than acceptable. And that's what you have to understand with all of these big cities, why the crime issues are going down. And then you look at how much time and efforts are being put towards trying to take down the previous president of the United States, something that is beyond the pale, even for insane radicals at this point. It opens up Pandora's box, though. I don't I think Joe Biden's brain is so mush at this point that he does not understand that what is going on right now against Donald Trump when the other party has more control is going to be happening to his ch- Biden himself may be dead, but it's going to be happening to his children, his wife, everybody associated with them is going to be getting the Donald Trump treatment. Uh, Biden's too stupid to know that. Do Okay. I do you honestly believe that the Republicans who at this point have every moral right to drag every single highly placed Democrat through the streets and do exactly to them what they're doing to Trump. Do you think any of them have the balls? I think we're getting there. I think there is a movement that more are understanding that the rules maybe have changed. The rules of engagement have changed. And thus to fight that war, you have to change what you're doing. If the other side is doing this as the, with regularity, then maybe you got to do the same. I mean, when you've got Kevin McCarthy, who's controlled opposition as a speaker and the only people even remotely interested are the, the Marjorie Taylor greens and the, the Boberts. And like, there are maybe 20 Republicans in the house. 
the, the party theoretically has a majority in the House, but there's maybe 20 Republicans who are like, we're losing on our terms. Let's use their tactics. And the rest of them are like, no, no, we must, you know, do what the uniparty says. I, I don't know. I don't think we're there. We need to get there. We need to get there quick. Maybe that's what Donald Trump needs to lead people to. Maybe. Maybe that's where the AI leads us. I have a couple tech stories. Really? Yeah, I know. How weird that there would be a, a tech story on a show involving tech. Hey, I tried. Well, I didn't try to. I did order a new router. It okay. arrived yesterday. A nice, beautiful Asus RTAX 88U Pro. Because that just flows that yes, off your uh, tongue. And I took this new $350 router out of the box and heard that unmistakable sound of a screw or something floating around inside of it. And I'm like, nope, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) going back. Because the next step is you plug it in and the magic smoke leaks out. Right, right. Or something explodes (laughs) or worse yet, it works for like a month and a half and then explodes. Yeah, because because what dude named Ben has not does not know the unmistakable little pop of a capacitor losing its mind. Oh yeah. That's no good. That is no good. If I had a couple of those, this, this thing probably won't function as intended. Now that piece was probably important. Uh Uh-huh. It sounds like Dilbert. I mean, I took one (laughs) of these things apart to replace the capacitor and the thing was a swelling nicely. Those are not things you want to mess with. Yeah. Oh, like my, one of my older phones, uh, I am, of course, a, a technology hoarder, kind of like, you know, or, or an archivist. I'm, I'm a Dvorak when it comes to tech. And uh, I have a drawer that still contains all of my old phones in it. One of my old phones that has probably been in that drawer for eight years or so. Slowly um, swelling. Yeah, I open up the drawer and uh, <laughs> all of the glue and the seams around the edge has separated. And there's little tiny strands of glue are about the only thing holding the two halves of the phone together. And I kind of peek inside and there's this plastic pillow. Highly inflated. (laughs) Well, this doesn't need to be in the same drawer as all my other phones. Now, does it? No, that sounds like a battery about to do bad things. Yeah. So, and then of course, you know, you, you take it outside and you puncture it with a hammer. Well, yeah, that's the only safe way to do it. If you don't have a coffee can full of thermite, then that would be the, the hammer route would be the next preferred. Those batteries, basically, once you puncture them, they are thermite, Uh huh. which is why if you get into a nice controlled burn. Throw those toxic yeah. fumes right into the Seattle air. Sure. Or, you know, I, I, I could take a cue from uh, Norfolk Southern and just uh, go burn it right next to our local rivers. Oh, that would be nice, too. So I'm waiting for my new one. It should be here tomorrow. I figured it was time. This router is six years old. It doesn't have anything but gigs, so I can't get Comcast, I guess, now promises 1.2 gig up. Or down rather, and it's like, well, I need I need to get my extra point two gig. Yeah, but that's Comcast marketing. True. So we'll see how fast it really is. Yeah. And uh, it also allows, I like this, it allows you to have, which a lot of the newer routers do. You can have your guest Wi-Fi, which then they can't access your good stuff. But you can also have multiple because it's got virtual LAN. So you can have your own Wi-Fi SSID just for your Internet of Things stuff. You can separate everything out. You can have one SSID on a VLAN that you connect to your VPN or whatever offsite so that if you connect to that SSID, it's always routing the traffic through the VPN. There's some cool stuff that it can do. 
but we'll see if it lives up to the hype. It's amazing now the specs on this. I think it's like a gig of uh, of RAM. I remember the routers when there was like 15k of RAM. You know now, sure. You know, a huge and they worked CPU. great in that space. Now, yeah. Now they need a gig of RAM because the router is is done by with off the shelf node modules or something. Yes. And I know everybody's like, well, 2.5 gig, that sucks. You want 10 gig. And it's like, well, I do. I just I, don't want to pay for 10 gig. Yes. Yes, I do want it. And I don't have any really good because I was looking at that and I'm like, well, the NAS devices I have down in the basement, I'm like, well, those still aren't going to write fast enough to really go much faster than a 2.5 gig connection right now. And the 2.5 gig hardware is a lot cheaper qnap has a like a four or five port router for like 110 bucks so you could do a couple of those on each end and get some decent speeds around the house without uh without having to go to the crazy now the 10 gig stuff that i wanted to afford it i would just be buying all refurbished and used stuff off of ebay which would probably be fine i mean i know enough dudes named ben they could probably point me in the right direction we may go there at some point but one step at a time. It's amazing what speeds they're promising on these new Wi-Fi standards over a gig. Like, how did you do that with Wi-Fi? <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, secret technique and call uh, called marketing. Uh-huh. You got to bond those nicks. That's right. Sir net net. You got to bond them. I I'm, I'm so living in the past. I still have uh cat six running through my house. Well, that's good. It's not bad. Uh, six is fine. Well, it's more reliable. You know, I mean, it's uh, still better than Wi-Fi. I don't like the Wi-Fi's. Well, you know, I'm I'm not irradiating myself all that much. No, well, I'll probably, yeah. but you would keep you warmer in the winter. Oh, speaking of keeping warmer, that's right. Blitz uh, that you just bathe in the microwaves. That's how it does those speeds. I don't think that's. I've got good. a random question. Sure. Do you have any incandescent bulbs in your house? Not left, and they're illegal, man. And they're not legal yet. Not illegal yet. Starting August 1st. I remember a brief point when this was first announced years ago where it was like, I need to hoard like 100 watt bulbs. This is I, this is bullshit. Well, that was long before the LED bulbs when only the compact fluorescents were out. Oh, I, I'm, I'm not convinced that LEDs are universally superior, and I'm very much against this. A department of it's not even a law by the way it's not technically illegal it's a recommendation uh, that, yeah it, it is a, a regulation by the u.s department of energy nobody in congress has ever said anything there wasn't even a, a there wasn't even a biden executive order saying anything about light bulbs he just uh you know he biden did two things the first was uh we actually had a, a much more sensible regulation that incentivized more energy efficient bulbs well, not necessarily banning anything that, of course, came from Trump. So Biden nixed that on the first day and then ordered the Department of Energy to go write some laws, which, of course, you know, deep state is not supposed to be allowed to do. But practically speaking, they'll still enforce them with guns. Um, the current U.S. Department of Energy regulation will prohibit retailers from selling incandescent light bulbs or halogen bulbs uh, as of August 1st. And I went ahead and dug into this one a little bit. Um, specifically, the regulation says that uh, it, retailers are in the United States are no longer allowed to sell any light bulb that produces less than 45 lumens per watt. So say goodbye to grow lights, 
uh, say goodbye to anything dimmable, uh, say goodbye to terrariums, say goodbye to all of the places where it might actually be necessary to have a bulb that maybe uses power, but the primary purpose isn't generating light only because yeah, because it's just kind of the way that the authoritarians, the only tactic they understand is, uh, you know, they say things like we are long overdue to phase out inefficient old fashioned light bulbs. So said some activist quoted in the news article I read. Um, it used to be that we'd phase out outdated technologies by creating better technologies, by incentivizing the better technologies, rendering the old ones obsolete, and people would move off the older ones because there was a huge benefit to going to the new ones. That's not how it works anymore. Incentives are too subtle and too slow. So let's let's just ban shit. By the way, government restrictions on free market always, always, always have perverse incentives. They never work the way that they say they're going to work. It always screws something up, makes things more expensive is the most common thing. Anyway, I'm getting ranty. Well, that's how the government I wanted, works. I wanted to drop some some details. Um, and by the way, uh, 60 watt incandescent bulb is about 13 lumens per watt. 60 watts for you get about 800 lumens out of it. Um, by the way, that 45 lumens per watt is uh, possibly could change and uh, it might. Because uh, your average compact fluorescent has about between 50 and 55 lumens per watt. And those um, bulbs are evil. Well, uh, so what I'm saying is that jacking this up next year to ban compact fluorescence is not going to be uh, much not of a hard. step. No, it's just a small <laughs> change. So I have mostly, well, most of the things in my house are compact fluorescent because uh, way back in the day when everybody was pushing them and saying, we really need to, you know, we have, you know, well, 10 years ago when they said, get off of compact fluorescence. But, but before we were banning everything, uh, my local government created an incentive program. They created a rebate that was like a dollar per bulb. And I found at the drugstore, they had ordered way too many compact fluorescent bulbs and had to slash it down to go. And they were marked at like 89 cents each. So it's a money-making opportunity. So, so I bought two pallets of bulbs from the drugstore <laughs> and then some other stuff to balance out the cost to zero. And the drugstore made a ton of money on the, the rebate program from the power company. And I walked away with enough compact fluorescence that I haven't bought a new bulb in years. But, you know, we're, we're, we're running out of those now. We got probably uh, 10 or 12 bulbs left, but uh, it's been a thing. By the way, 10 or 12 bulbs left. When we were replacing incandescent bulbs, does anybody remember the, this is the last light bulb you're ever going to have to buy? Yeah, well, or, the lie or, of both the compact fluorescent and the LEDs. And the LED. I've had them both burn. Well, I don't know if I ever had a compact fluorescent burnout because I hated those so much they made me want to fucking kill myself. Just whatever <laughs> they put off, I never went to, I put one in once and was like, no. And I went back to incandescent. But I, I, to I, be fair, when the LEDs got better, I remember putting a couple of LEDs in a fixture there. I think it was our kitchen fixture where there's five bulbs. I put like two or three LEDs mixed in with the normal incandescent bulbs and couldn't tell the difference. So if you find good LEDs, the color well, and the, every, the brightness, just about the same. They, they are in fact designed so that human eyes can't tell the difference. Right. Which, but you're uh, still blinking on and off how many times per well, second. Here's the thing. You can't consciously tell the difference, but to say there is no difference would be 
a complete fabrication. If you've ever looked at the spectrum, an incandescent bulb emits light via blackbody radiation, which is pretty much white noise. It covers the whole spectrum of light. Um, LED bulbs are specifically tuned to have very particular, very bright single wavelength lights. And even if you can't consciously tell the difference, your brain can't. Now, I, I don't know enough about brain chemistry or psychology to determine for sure whether or not that has an effect. But the same thing as uh, standing, you know, living your entire life with a, a, a five megawatt Wi-Fi router in your crotch or something else. It's <laughs> hey, I got super do you, crotch. Do you I, the, I guess the question is, you know, obviously there's no long term studies like decades long on a technology five years old. At, at what point do you go? It's not actually the same. Let's not assume it's the same. I don't know. Maybe, you know, I might be, I, I'm, I'm probably going all anti 5G on this one. That's, that's a little too conspiracy even for me. But I'm just saying it, the argument that, oh, it's the same light is not correct. It looks the same light to your conscious mind, and you can usually read to it. Uh, I can tell you for sure that I get less eye fatigue from natural light. I have, I have two very large windows right behind me in the office where I'm sitting in the corner of my house and natural light is far less fatiguing on my eyes. I can tell you that just anecdotally. Now, does that have anything to do with the fact that I've got LEDs and compact fluorescence around, or is that just because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm old and my eyes are getting all screwed up. I don't know. It's an anecdote. Right. But I guess I'm just not convinced that incandescent bulbs can be fully replaced to the point where uh, these assholes are like, oh, well, I don't need it. So let's just ban it. I mean, like I said, uh, grow lights uh, have always been a thing now, totally illegal to buy anybody who grows any kind of plants, uh, not suggesting it has to be weed, but right. that's, <laughs> but uh, you know, if but you have, maybe it door, is, if you, if you have a greenhouse in the Pacific Northwest, in the winter, there's no fucking sunlight here. If you want something to grow through the winter and not go dormant, you have to give it light. And incandescent lights are straight up better. Uh, plants do not grow under LEDs, again, because of that spectrum thing. Well, and the um, incandescent lights definitely make you warmer. Well, they certainly do. And also in the winter, if, uh, you know, if I have electric baseboard heaters to heat my house, there is no ecological environmental difference between using electricity to power a, a radiator and using electricity to power an incandescent bulb. If I light my house with incandescent bulb, maybe I freaking wanted that heat. Which makes sense because I used to have a 300 watt halogen light in the office here. And I can tell you in the winter, that you could turn off the heat in the rest yeah. of the house. <laughs> that was keeping I used warm. I had one in my dorm room where uh you know you wake up and the the fraternity house was not always that warm because it was poorly insulated and poorly maintained. And I had really heavy blankets on the bed, so that wasn't a problem while I was sleeping. But you wake up, you hit the floor, you're like, Ugh! and uh turn on that halogen light, get back in bed for 20 minutes. Right. We gotta and, heat it up. And that's but just like just, that's why you want to mind. Be careful. Don't don't do what one of my roommates did and uh, throw a T-shirt over it to reduce the amount of light. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> that happened. No, that son of a bitch will burn. Was, he, he didn't want to. He, 
want to wake his roommate. So uh, he was like, oh, I just need a little bit of light. But this was the only light he had available. So he turns it on and wanted to dim it by throwing a T-shirt. Damn, halogen lights are very, very, very hot. Yeah, well, what he ended up with was uh, a torch. No, well, see, that's much, much better. The smell of smoke in the uh, yeah the the, the fire detector. That's going not going to wake your wake your roommate. No, no, no. And I'm so just, I just uh, so what we're moving to is we're 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 getting rid of a, a very well understood, proven, and extremely cheap technology, which is uh, an ele- a, a, a particular type of resistor. Between two wires, that is literally what an incandescent bulb is. It is a resistor that is tuned to produce black body radiation at the frequency we like. Right. It literally um, burns. LEDs are uh, a, a number of diode packs and uh, a control chip and uh, like silicon clusters. We are you have you can't produce light bulbs anymore, at least not legal ones to sell after August. Without a silicon fab, um, this is and and yeah, okay. Right now, because of incentive programs, maybe you can look at this and go, eh, LEDs aren't that much more expensive, but they are more expensive to produce. And if your tax money weren't going to subsidize them, and if the free market were really working at it, um, a little bit of glass and a little bit of copper is a whole lot cheaper to produce than. A silicon fab. LEDs are not that much more reliable. In fact, I don't no. think they are more reliable. Well, uh, no, that's know, the lie. That is the lie. I replaced everything in the house because the LED bulbs that I found, and there have been a few of them now, I think they look exactly the same as the incandescent, and they do use less power. I understand that's different for everybody because you obviously can handle the compact fluorescent yeah. where, no, that had a very well, bad effect even just on my psyche there was something to those lights that whatever as, range they put out i did not like as you might be aware i do see color differently than you true that will have an effect on how i view the spectrum that is true and i'm surprised um, your wife just hasn't killed you because of the compact fluorescence like i can see color i will <laughs> i will stab you now i you know she might she she sent a little assassin who's sitting in my lap right now but a little furry one yeah, I, so they're okay. LEDs when we had them come out, everybody looked at just the LED pack itself and go, "Oh, well, you know, there's not even any moving parts in here, nothing to burn out. The LED pack is going to last forever." When an LED fails, it's not usually the LED packs that fail; it's the electronics pack, which, by the way, um, is usually made by uh, you know lowest bidder. Right. A cheap silicon packs. The the things that give out are always uh, the controller chip, which um, uh, you well usually it's the rectifier, which does, by the way, have uh, something that fluctuates 60 hertz per or 60 times per second, taking a 60 hertz signal, trying to rectify that into a, a DC current. Uh, rectifiers have a shelf life because you've got the current constantly changing polarity in them that wears out diodes. Um, you have a capacitor, which is also part of the the rectifier pack. Um, capacitors absolutely wear out. They have a limited number of charge and discharge cycles. The nobody seems to put the right electronics on here because the right electronics would be expensive. Right. Um, and everything inside of an LED 
is about a hundred times more sensitive to heat. Oh yeah. Than an incandescent. Now in- incandescent, not sensitive to heat, which is good because it generates a lot. Okay. Right. right. <laughs> but I have noticed that's it. The LED, my parents have a fixture in their home, which is very small and very closed. Yeah. And it burns LED bulbs and out. You're, like you're going to cook the electronics. Right. So we have to keep an incandescent bulb in there because the LEDs just don't work. You need a different fixture. You do need air current. You need something in to cool it off because otherwise it is going to fry itself. And people don't, I don't, most people don't understand that because the LED itself, you're like, wow, look, the bulb is very, very cool when you touch the end of it. Yeah. We'll go to the electronics end of it. It's a little warmer. <laughs> yeah. Well, the electronics pack is always going to be pretty warm because when you run current through a silicon chip, heat is a thing they generate. You know, okay. That, and then again, they don't generate as much heat as an, in, an incandescent bulb. And the main reason is because black, when, when you generate black body radiation and enough black body radiation to create visible light, a great deal of that radiation is also going to come out as infrared, which is EM heat. Okay. You're, you're generating. So we, I understand we're talking about this only by comparison, but I, I, I don't know. These things burn themselves out, especially, you know, in the electronics packs. And I guess they're not that much more reliable. Okay. Anyway. I got a little steamed by this, if you couldn't tell. So I decided to go through and also pick apart the Department of Energy announcement where they were talking (laughs) about it's going to save customers three billion a year on utility bills. That sounds like a lot of money until you look at, uh, uh, wait, what what are we wasting on? uh, Oh, let's, for example, say Ukraine. (laughs) Uh How many billion? (laughs) I've been bitching about this for years. Every month I get paper. Something printed on paper in the snail mail from Commonwealth Edison, who does the electricity here in Illinois. You're using more power than your efficient neighbors. Here's how much. (laughs) It's like, of course I am. And thank you for sending me some fuel that I can use to make more. Right, That I can burn that bitch and make some heat. And it's like the latest one was like, you're using more power at night. What's happening at night? Uh, I'm using the fucking space heater because yeah, the natural gas it's prices colder at night. Right. It's because it's fucking cold in Chicago. Surprise. <laughs> and it's cheaper to run the space heater, which is r- basically, again, putting out the same amount of heat as 15 100 watt light bulbs simultaneously. And, and the uh, funny thing is they're. They're not changing the incentive structure, a time of day pricing model or something that which they are doing in some places would change the incentive structure. If if power was three times more expensive at night, you'd use less power at night. I yes. mean, you'd probably run the space heater before the switchover. But it, what they're trying to do is shame you. Right. Well, this is the concept with a lot of this stuff like, well, you can have your laundry start at five in the morning or you can do your dishes at five in the morning, you know, rather than use it when everybody's now. Well, of course, that's now everybody's going to be trying to charge their fucking Tesla. So that'll be a little bit different. And it's going to be harder to find those off time areas where you nobody's using the electricity. But well, if if the free market were actually used and if these power companies were operating based on usage data which they have then you would know what the time of day was because you'd get instantaneous oh it's you know it's seven cents per megawatt hour now uh or kilowatt (laughs) right kilowatt hour 
uh, it's it's 32 cents per kilowatt hour now. And you'd get to know what times a day would do things. And I mean, that would be a very economic free market thing where if somebody cares about saving pennies, then they could use the time of day pricing. I actually think that that's not a terrible idea uh, rather than just a flat rate all the time, because the the power comes in. Well, especially all of these idiot utilities that switch over everything to green power, like, oh, we're completely solar, but also we're not going to send you any power overnight because the sun's not shining. Right. We don't have it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but but if if they're not completely retarded, green, woke and environmentally virtue signaling, then they're going to have a mix of supplies. They're going to know when their supplies are. They're certainly going to have the data of when the usage is high. and. When demand is exceeding supply and you're having to operate on batteries, you jack up the cost. And when your supply is abundant and people aren't using it, you turn down the cost and people, I mean, this, this is how incentives are supposed to work. And the thing that everybody who understands economics, the first lesson they learn incentives matter in a free market, uh, which is probably why the commies do not take economics because they don't think a free market is a good idea and they really don't want to think that hard and understand that incentives matter. They're like, no, the only thing that should matter is forcing people. Well, but as, anyway. I, as I told you before, the other thing I don't understand with Commonwealth Edison is they do incentivize buying things like air purifiers where it's to the point where you can almost get the air purifier free with their rebate. Which means rather than having a house where I might have one, two, three air purifiers, I got like two in every room. <laughs> and it's like, you know, that is using Those more use electric power though, right? Yeah, they do use power. So it's like you're incentivizing people using more power while you complain that they're using too much power. I don't get it. But oh. it doesn't make doesn't so, have to make sense. Three billion a year is what they say. They say they can save across all of America three billion dollars a year. Well, okay. Across all of America, by the way, because I did the math on this one, is not that much money. Uh, that is, you can math this, but if, if what is three billion a year? It sounds like a lot of money. Not when there's like three hundred and thirty-three million people in the country. It's eight dollars a person per Woo! year. So less eight. than a buck a month. So so by removing user choice and uh, destroying the use cases for anybody who wants to run a terrarium. You're saving everybody in the country $8 a year. Sounds better when you add it up, though. Yeah, it really does. Um, however, that is not the main incentive. The main incentive, of course, is to cut carbon emissions by 222 metric tons per oh, year. Yes. 222 carbon, million. Bad. Carbon, bad. Yeah. Uh, let's let's put aside the, the obvious arguments that the entire climate change anti-carbon thing is retarded and and that one of the greatest tricks that the progressives ever pulled was convincing carbon-based life forms that carbon is bad. Uh-huh. But um, and let's not ask things like how much carbon is involved in running your iPhone. Uh let, let's not. Um I pulled up the EPA numbers. So the most recent I was able to find was 2020, but that's fine. It's good good enough. Other than 2020 was a year when everybody stayed home, so all these numbers are probably skewed by lockdowns, but I don't care. Um the total U.S. carbon emissions uh, of the entire country, according to the EPA, about six billion metric tons per year of carbon emissions, which I don't know what is included in that. I, I I'm 
it listed a bunch of economic activity things like transportation, power generation, etc. I don't know that it nece- it probably included cows farting, but probably didn't list humans breathing because humans are, you know, of course, a huge source of carbon dioxide that we must kill all of. But of that six billion, um, they had a pie chart. Twenty five percent of the pie chart was electricity generation. Now I know that number is going up thanks to electric vehicles, but twenty five percent. So we're what, fifteen. 1,500, 1.5 billion tons per year. Okay. Um, 60% of the electric generation is fossil fuels. So we're now looking at 900 tons. Um, 222 is a quarter of that 900 tons, uh, 900 million tons, whatever. I'm throwing numbers. So what this is saying is that the Department of Energy genuinely believes that by banning a technology that only 15% of people use, uh, they can reduce power usage across the entire country by 25%. I'm not a math major. That doesn't seem to make sense. I'm just saying they, they are literally saying that incandescent bulbs account for 25% of the power used in the country. If you actually do the math on this. And I, I understand I'm skeptical. Yeah. I understand the incandescent bulbs use more power but they are not things that are usually on 24 hours a day. They no. are no. anybody who cares about their power bill knows that if you're going to leave one on 24 hours a day, that's where you put the led. Right. Cause that you would, you do want that to take up a little less power. That makes sense. But yeah, I don't, this seems like uh very pie in the sky kind of stuff. When you think about that, a lot of homes do have electric, you know, water heaters, they've got electric stoves, they've got electric and so many things that use multitudes more than a light bulb would, even if it's all hundred watt light bulbs that it's, I find it hard to believe those numbers could be correct. And and one thing that I chose not to try to calculate is what is the economic cost of enforcing a ban on a perfectly functional product? And would that cost exceed $8 per person per year? Probably. <laughs> is there a black market now for light bulbs or there's a guy there will be with it pulls up when somebody's going to roll up Bemrose Avenue and be like, Hey, I got the good stuff, man. I got the uh, hundred waters for you. What do you so say? I guess if I'm, I'm saying if you have a, an application somewhere that you absolutely need an incandescent bulb because, because it's in a tight fixture where the LEDs burn out every 10 minutes or because you actually need the heat from it or uh, go stock up and, and get a hold of your black market contacts and figure out where you're going to find these things. Cause uh, cause Biden has decided that because uh, because of the environment and because you don't always need them for light that we're just going to ban an entire product. But to save I, the children, of course, uh, save the I children am, of I Ukraine. Am, so bothered by this tendency and it's something that i see everywhere i had a very long rant yesterday on angry tech news I about can't the exact that. about the exact same attitude the idea that uh, you know the the new way of doing things is uh you know we've decided that a is better than b so let's just ban b and enforce it at gunpoint and that is a perfectly normal acceptable attitude by or as far as the the new authoritarians are concerned we we are 
raising people now to bow to authority, to know authority is good and to know that, uh, oh, well, if you know, if you want to incentivize A over B, then you just point guns at everybody who uses B and everything will work out, which, by the way, is not working out because the electric vehicle uh, revolution has stalled. But I've already I've had rants on that on previous shows. Really, you've ranted. I can't believe that it, it happens. The electric vehicles. Yes, we stop using electricity. Your light bulbs are using too much. No, yeah, this yeah, is something I don't know at all, but I'm assuming it's more than a hundred watt light bulb. How much does an electric car use when yeah, charging? How, Anyone? How, how many, how many lumens per watt does your electric car? Yeah. What is the, uh, what is the average charge rate? What do you need? What are you sucking off to charge your electric vehicle? Is it so to speak? Uh huh. Is it more than a light bulb? Is it more than a space heater? Is it like 15 space heaters running at once? I should look that because I have no idea what kind of a charge, how much it really costs in kilowatt hours to charge oh, something. But I do like a Tesla. I how do much? have a story. Really? I, I have a story about vehicle efficiencies that uh, it's an international one. Well, before we get to uh, that, I did want to mention yeah. a because uh, I know you made a joke about this and I thought this was interesting. I made a joke. I know. Um, but in my little, you know, because I've got the uh, I've got the Apple watch now. And it monitors all sorts of things. The AFib history. Let's look at this. And this shows when the heart. Now, I don't think it's actually in AFib, but this is calling when I have these spells of the premature atrial contractions. When the heart isn't beating in sinus rhythm, yeah. the watch sees it as AFib. And so it, it probably is getting all kinds of false alarms from things like, like when you open up your incandescent bulbs and lick the wires. <laughs> right. It's like it just freaks out, man. The uh, for some reason, Friday and Saturday over the last six weeks, two percent or less. So AFib not really existing on Fridays or Saturdays. So I guess talking to Gene on unrelenting, <laughs> it just calms everything right down. It's his soothing voice. Yes. Now, Sunday. Now, now what does my voice do to you? Well, this is it. Sunday, five percent. Mondays, 10 percent. So Larry, he's he's lighting the fuse. It's, but it's not Larry. It's, it's all of the rage that your clips bring. True. So this is the reason grumpy old Ben's is such a calm show is because we don't play clips. True. This is true. Tuesday. It's up to 16%, not in sinus. So Wednesdays, 27%, the highest by far (laughs) of any day of the week. Wait a minute. Tuesdays and Wednesdays are the days that I podcast. See, there you go. You think there's not a connection here? It says, there seems to be a strong correlation, and that's proof enough for science today. Yes. I was like, when I saw that, and it's like Wednesday is this big red <laughs> bar in the graph, and everything else is gray and way below that. I'm like, huh, what happens on Wednesdays? I wonder. Well, you're, you're not the first person to accuse me of giving people heart issues. <laughs> there's been others. This is a pattern. <laughs> I should eject from this as quickly as possible. I'm a carrier. I see. I don't, I don't have myocarditis. I'm a carrier. You just, you just, uh, you, yeah, you're the, one of those diseases gets spread and then you go on your merry way. Yeah. Just not saying there's a correlation. 
But oh, that, that sounds like a correlation. <laughs> it does. It does. Well, we'll continue You're not to saying monitor there's a causation, this. but yes, I, I'm saying with the data that you have, you could publish a, a scientifically peer reviewed paper because the standards for science and peer review are so low these days. Yes. Here is what happens on Wednesday. So obviously that's why. I don't know. It also it's main. It's weird because it's mainly it's the only possible explanation. Yeah, and the worst times of day are between like midnight and eight a.m. So I don't really understand that one either. It's uh, unless it is a well, sleeping sleep. is clearly bad for your heart, probably. And I probably got sleep apnea, so that may be an issue. And uh, it, it, that's one. Like I said, I hate these uh, devices on one end because they are more than a bit intrusive, but the data you can get from them is kind of interesting now if you don't have control of that data that's the problem uh yes that is Brian. you know going back to your your nanobots in the bloodstream right uh here is the condition under which i would be willing to use them and that is uh i am the only person who decides what software runs on them i am the Very, lord thy god of is, thy nanobot that, that is the only scenario under which i'd be willing to do it is if i have the ability to con- to fully control what software runs no automatic updates <laughs> i do not want to be physically the victim of a supply chain attack like why did bemrose fall flat on his face just now yeah well can you imagine when it, 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 everything gets hacked we know that we've definitely brought those stories to the show everything gets hacked eventually uh whether it's it's somebody intruding in through your security, your database, or just, uh, you know, making some unwitting employee pick up a USB drive off the ground, which if you're lucky, it just detonates in your hand. But sometimes it exfiltrates data. Can you imagine when the the biomedical firm that controls your nanobots gets hacked and some hacker just just for lols goes out and sends a command to the uh, biobots for everybody that kills 30,000 people. That would be cool. Just, just haha for the hacks. Just kidding. <laughs> just really. Is there a just kidding when there's 30,000 people dead in the streets? It, there is. If you're a government. Oh, that's true. That is true. <laughs> I, you know, I, I seeing a hacker do that. I would like to think that most hackers have enough morals not to do that, but I, you know, wouldn't put money on that, but seeing a state actor do that. Oh, let's see. Have governments ever decided to just randomly kill 30,000 of their own people? Um, what time is it? Hey, there's a certain percentage of the population and probably one or two people listening to us who believe that the whole vaccination thing was to put the nanobots in without you knowing. I, I It's, again, possible. Uh, I had never heard of graphene oxide until the conspiracy theories started popping around. Uh, 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 popping out about the graphene oxide in the vaccines and apparently how terrible it is and what, like the fact that graphene oxide is a, a programmable metal. Uh, okay, whatever. I, it was all conspiracy theories until that article that I mentioned and then walked away from. But that study demonstrated that yes, in fact, there is an unhealthy level, uh, uh, an, an, um, more than the, the minimum, uh, legal amount of graphene oxide in the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines. And more just, is not good. Yet, yet another proof of a conspiracy theory, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, well, there's what plenty that, to what go around. What does that around. stuff do? 
is, is that metal the you know detecting that metal is that the nanobots i don't know Could sounds be. fun that'd it's, be it's awesome. an entertaining conspiracy theory that would be awesome still Still not really about injecting untested software into my veins. No Windows 11 inside of my veins. Yeah. Keep that where it belongs on shitty hardware. Yeah. On somebody else's shitty hardware. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. There was, I, I had a story uh, speaking of being hacked next. I never heard of this company. NEXX, I guess has garage doors and other things that okay. you can open up with your phone and an app and all of that. I oh, guess this can never system, go wrong. No. Well, their system's been hacked i guess there are uh vulnerabilities and there's at this point no fix in sight so if you have one of those good luck oh my gosh uh-huh. you know, this is this is just like uh back in when when automatic garage door openers became a huge thing in what the late 70s early 80s and yes. there was i don't remember what the company was because they're out of business for reasons i'm about to explain um they set it up so that uh every clicker had the same radio signal, right? Or very, yeah, which very resulted few. in, you know, because, because when, when they were testing it, there was only one automatic garage door per block. But as soon as their thing started to take off and a bunch of people did it. And you know, the, the big highlight was when uh, a, a developer who was building a subdivision installed these things for convenience in <laughs> everybody's house. And nobody bothered to test it until they were all installed and they rolled up hit the clicker and every garage on the entire block opened up. Now that's convenience right there. <laughs> that's convenience for burglars. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Went back when it was just, probably- I, don't, I don't remember who it is and I might be completely making up that story, but I vaguely recall that was a big thing. That was before the, you know, cause the only radio clickers that we'd had before were like television remotes where, right. They had very low power and very low range, and there was usually only one television within range, so it wasn't a problem. But yeah, a lot of people yeah. don't know the early remotes were radio frequency, not infrared. And I remember having uh, yeah. one of those on a Zenith television, Zenith Space Command, I think it was called, and it, the, which was no problem. The radio was never a problem when there was only one television in a house, right? But it was weird because the front of it, rather than now where you're used to having the little uh, red glass, it looks all nice and smooth. It was a little grate, like a little metal grate. And it's like, what the hell's coming out of that? Oh, yeah. Magic. <laughs> then again, I'm old enough to remember when uh, when my dad's TV remote, the way thing he used to change the channel was you was me. Yeah, that's, that was the first <laughs> remote anybody ever had. That's why everybody had kids. Hey, go change that. Yeah. And God forbid if the uh, show came in a little better, if you held the rabbit ears, you were standing oh, there God. for a couple hours. <laughs> hey, no, Sonny. no, I, I, I had, the, I had the magical ability to annoy my dad so much when I got bored <laughs> that he, he would not make me do that. He put a little bit of a duct tape on Bemlet's mouth and said, stand here. Yeah. Or, or, you know, stack things on the TV to hold them up. Right. The, the pillows sitting, putting the pillow on top of the TV, which by the way, was blocking the heat vents. I know those old, those old CRT based TVs, those were worse than incandescent light bulbs. Uh-huh. And if anybody they listening generate. to us right now, just thought to themselves, and I don't know who else you would think to, like, but if, okay, boomer, if you know, <laughs> but if you thought what the fuck are rabbit ears, fuck you. <laughs> Cause somebody is like, yeah. what are they talking about? Rabbit ears. Huh? Uh, we only did the rabbit ears for a while. We, I grew up in a semi-rural area, which we were, we were outside Portland, but we were like, 20 miles outside of Portland and Portland was the only place where 
all of the signals were broadcast from. There was no, you know, um, so what we ended up doing was uh, my dad, who does not mess around with his TV watching. Um, I got to help him install the, the, yeah, the big, like 16 foot boom antenna on the roof. Hell yeah. And uh, every once in a while, like if, uh, if we had a big windstorm, he'd send me up and be like, Hey, can you go fix the antenna again? And a windstorm (laughs) had spun it around lightning flashing everywhere. No problem. (laughs) Just wear your sneakers. They're rubber. For picking up, uh, we, we were 20, uh, there's trees everywhere in the Pacific Northwest, which means that if you're at ground level, then it actually absorbs quite a lot of RF. But um, the top of the roof was 20 miles, give or take, direct line of sight to downtown Portland. Nice. We got great signal up there. But my dad, who, and by the way, the signal was so good, 20 miles, we could easily have picked up a great signal with a, a four foot antenna. No, my dad got the big ass 12 foot one. The one that if enough wind came and it fell off the roof, it would murder people just like dead. <laughs> You'd be sitting there and metal shards come flying through the window. But it looks more impressive, too. And it was impressive. It was like, you know, sitting here, this is the size of a room. Yeah. Like, you know, you see that up there when and you got a big power storm going on, lightning hits it. Oh, it's beautiful. And of course, it's treacherous up there. So he didn't want to go up there. Well, he no. was like, hey, kids, you got. This this was the eighties when when protecting your kids from any form of harm at all costs had not been invented yet. Yeah. I mean, when were fucking car seats invented for cars? I think that was sometime in the eighties, right? I mean Oh, this- I, I when I was young, when I was growing up, I had a restraint device. Well, of course, of course, when I was young, when I was a kid, I was always sitting in the front seat of the car, because who didn't? What what does this put kids in the back? No. I was sitting in the front seat of the car. And I had a very effective restraint device. If there was ever an emergency that required (laughs) that I be restrained, my mom's arm would come out and crack three of my ribs holding my end of the seat. You're like, because you're not going to go through the windshield too, mom, right? (laughs) Well, I think she was wearing a seatbelt. Oh, see, that that was completely safer then. (laughs) With the uh, sunroof open, you never knew where you were going to land after a good accident. Safety (sighs) standards were a little different back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. None of these car seats. What the hell's a car seat? Yeah. This again, population overpopulation, all this safety shit. That's the problem. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we don't have to create an injection to murder people wholesale. Maybe we just start taking warning labels off of products and let it work itself out. Do not eat this incandescent light bulb. Yes. Some so people China, do. China has adopted China. Uh, what China. China. China, China has adopted uh, a new set of regulations called uh, uh, stage six B or stage VIB, I guess Um, the the regulations were created in June of 2018. And the final part of this was to go into effect in July of 2023. Uh, It is restrictions on the kind of fuels that cars are allowed to use. Uh, It's based loosely on the European Union restrictions. Which, by the way, also California's restrictions are also based loosely on those. Um, but the emission requirements are uh, so strict that uh, a lot of Chinese auto dealers freaked out and petitioned the government saying, uh, we're going to have a ton of cars on the lots that are illegal to sell if you let this go into effect in two months. And uh, so. Well, I, I, China ended up I, the, the follow up to this after after I wrote up the story was 
um, China pushed back the implementation date. Um, but millions of cars on the lot. Now, I 2018 to 2023, five years. I don't know if that's enough time to reasonably convince automakers to retool their shit. But what I do know is they didn't. And um, millions of cars on the lots are not going to be sellable. The the auto dealers now have until January to uh, sell a bunch of stuff. It's it's a huge panic in there. Um, China is actually poised to ban right now. They're banning any uh, high like dirty cars, uh, a particular emissions requirements, but they are on track to ban all fossil fuels by 2035, which again is based on EU regulations. Um, I was thinking by the way, that the dealers of the Chinese cars, maybe you could ship to the other countries. Cause I could use a really cheap car considering the cost of uh, used car prices right now. It is a little bizarre that they're in on this. Like, why would China care about the EU regulations? Well, their environmentalism, I guess, uh, or, you know, some kind of lobbying pressure from the climate people. I'm not sure. Um, I did, however, go ahead and uh, dig in uh, to the, well, first of all, to the stage VI requirements. Um, There was one interesting one that jumped out at me. I was looking for the actual numbers and gave up trying to figure out the numbers. but. Um, one of the requirements I spotted while it, uh, was, uh, cars must have emission. Uh, this is part of stage six requirements, which is going to go into effect next January. All cars sold in China must have emission self-testing equipment, uh, connected to an on the onboard diagnostic system and must be equipped with a remote emission monitoring terminal, which the description for that is real time engine data from the ECU, NOx sensor, DPF, and other emission-related equipment are required to be reported remotely to the monitoring sensor of the regulatory agency. Oh, so this is a privacy thing. This is this is much bigger than what kind of fuel your car can run on. Uh-huh. This uh, is, your now, car I'm not is exactly gonna, sure how, yeah, how this is you. implemented. I, I don't imagine that it's going to, your cars are going to have to be Wi-Fi connected and sending a permanent stream of data. I think it's more likely that the you, you set up an emission center on the side of the highway. And when you drive by the car is, you know, sends a data burst of all the stored data or something. But, but regardless, all cars sold in China are going to have to report home this bag of data. Now, right now it's just emissions, but once the infrastructure is in place, there's all kinds of sensors you can throw on there. Like, uh, how fast you're taking corners, uh, what your GPS coordinates are when you go certain speeds, your exact location everywhere, whether or not you exceeded the speed limit, whether or not you're braking too hard. Uh, you know, how, it could, you could put a weight sensor in the seats to determine whether or not <laughs> oh, your wow. uh, people, uh, any amount of sensors in the cars. And all of this requires just an infrastructure that causes the car to automatically report data bursts to a regulatory agency. This is Orwellian. Well, then it makes sense. It's in communist China. Well, it's, it's not far from the EU. Uh, the well, you know, the EU is looking at this, you know, Bernie Sanders is looking at this, you Europe. know, the Biden administration is looking at this and going, this is a damn good idea. Yeah. And uh, the, it's the same, effectively the same regulatory language 
as in communist EU and also communist California, just in case you didn't think that it'd come to the U.S. And by the way, if, if I uh, recall a previous grumpy old Ben story, um, the vehicle restrictions coming out of communist California, there are laws in about nine other states, including Washington. And uh, I don't remember if Illinois is on that list. Probably. Uh, we follow California the, closely. Yeah, the, the law, it, it doesn't just copy the language from California law. The law in the Washington RCW literally says uh, we are going to copy whatever California does, which means that when Newsom and the California legislature come out and say cup holders are no longer allowed on new vehicles in California, that automatically means cup holders are not allowed in Washington and eight other states also. That is such a bad idea to have that kind of law. But, hey, we have idiots running the country. We have idiots running the states. So the last thing that I spotted, because I was definitely, you know, I kept finding different rabbit holes, was I was digging through the EU version of the regulations and found uh, um, the the EU was originally going to ban all uh, combustion engines by 2035. And apparently I found an article that was a few months old that they relaxed their restrictions, which now uh, you, you are allowed even after 2035 under the regulations until they move the goalposts again, that you are allowed to have cars that run on quote e-fuel. Have you ever heard of e-fuel before? Is that the, uh, the, the, what is it called here? It's um, like ethanol. No, that's not like, because we have something here that is a, uh, like an ethanol higher ethanol rate than you can get in normal gasoline. And only certain cars can run on it that uh, um, so well, there's there's the E80 fuel, which is has is is petrol with a lot of ethanol added, which, by the way, lowers its energy density a lot. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. I've, we've I've tried running that energy density. in our car. And it's like you get it's like 15 or 20 percent less mileage out of the same amount of gallons. So you have to be able to do that math if you can get that fuel, which there are some places that sell that. If that's cheaper, you have to make sure it's at least like 20% plus cheaper. Otherwise, it's not cheaper at all. Yeah, uh, it's because ethanol is a lower energy density than gasoline by quite a lot. And so when you mix in ethanol, what you end up with energy density is effectively uh, the total, the, the amount of energy or uh, horsepower, kilowatts, whatever, contained in uh, a liter of volume of the fuel. So lower energy density fuels, you'd better be paying less per gallon per liter than higher energy density fuels, or you're just not getting as much energy. It's not, you're, you're, when you go to the pump, your goal is not, oh, I want to get as much liquid as possible. Your goal is I want to get as much energy as possible into my car. Right. Otherwise, you'd fill the tank with water. Who cares if it right. drives? But people are dumb. <laughs> they don't know what the difference is. Yeah. Uh, the By the way, the energy density, uh, which I pulled out of this uh, chart, just to pull up some, some interesting stats on various vehicle fuels. Um, the energy density of uh, let's start with uh, gasoline, diesel, and kerosene, all of which are uh, right around the same amount. They're right around 10 kilowatt hours per liter. Um, gasoline is a little lower. Kerosene's a little higher. Diesel is just about exactly 10, but from this chart. Um, for comparison, other things that you might put into your car, natural gas, seven and a half, so 25% lower. Um, 
Uh, methanol and bioethanol, uh, including biodiesel, are about five, half of what you get from gasoline. Um, alcohol is four-ish. So when you put ethanol into your tank, you are replacing part of the vo- volume that has a 10 energy density with something that has four energy density. That's why you, that's why you got what you got. Um, and hydrogen 2.3. Absolutely the lowest. Now, if all of these are priced the same, then you want diesel or you want gasoline or, you know, I don't know if I don't know. I've never heard of a car that runs on kerosene, but it was on the list. If, if you are just concerned about the, the, the cost per gallon, then yes, you, you want something with high energy density, but there's another concern about high energy density. And, uh, that is how much of your car has to be fuel tank in order to get range. Right. right. And this is, this is the problem with, uh, electric cars is that uh, even the lithium ion batteries, the, the ones that use a fuck ton of rare earth elements that are not something we're going to be able to scale to the whole population because the elements needed are just not available. Um, and you're even having trouble. The batteries are by far the most expensive part of it, exactly because it's not that easy to get the batteries. They're also the part that wear out on the car, whatever. Um, but electricity has a very low energy density. This, this is why, you know, back when cars were brand new, we tried having cars that ran on batteries and the car had to be all battery because batteries do not have the energy density. And somewhere along the line, we discovered that if you take crude oil that seeps out of the ground and makes us stink in certain places and you refine that into something resembling gasoline, you have the highest energy density thing you could possibly put in the car, which is why cars used it for a long time. People back in the day were not morons. They found the best fuel. Right. The most efficient. The most efficient in terms of because, you know, the the the, the it's called the rocketry problem because it's it's definitely a huge thing when you're pushing payloads is the energy density of your fuel is extremely important. Um, the, the, you know, trying to take a payload into orbit in rocketry, and this is it's similar. I'm getting there. Um, the amount of fuel that you need in order to put a payload into the orbit um, is an exponential equation where uh, it's X to the power of Y. And the energy density of your fuel is X and the weight of your payload is Y. So the weight of the payload you have to push into is the exponent in that equation. And the thing that you raise to the exponent is the energy density of your fuel. So it is absolutely critical that you get the most energy dense fuel that you possibly can. And it turns out that in, you know, in rocketry, they figured out that if you take hydrogen and oxygen and compress them to a ridiculously high pressure, you can get a lot of energy density out of it. Um, not something you necessarily want on, on the highway. Well, if you like large explosions, you may. And I do, but I don't want to be a part of one. <laughs> right. That's, it is less than optimal when you're in the middle of it. So energy density is important. And electric cars are barely on the edge of, of what is a viable energy density. And this e-fuel stuff, um, is low energy density fuel that, okay. Uh, first of all, 
I gave myself an aneurysm trying to read about this because it was very hard to figure out anybody who had a fucking clue what e-fuel was. The Wikipedia article was incomplete and terrible. I found some marketing material that was obviously written by a, a, a climate marketing professional of some kind. Um, a whole bunch of of details about the you know the how much carbon created and how you know okay whatever fine I'll, I'll spare you all of that. What I learned about e-fuel is it is a form of fuel that you put into a combustion engine, but it's not dug out of the ground. It is effectively a technology that allows you to use uh, CO2 from a carbon source. And they say it could be taken out of the atmosphere, but that's going to be a horribly inefficient process. And what you probably use is something, uh, you know, some kind of activated carbon system like charcoal or I don't know what. Um, but you take coal from a carbon source, you take hydrogen from electrolysis, you pour a fuck ton of electricity into it, and you effectively use electrolysis to build burnable long chain carbons, which is what fuel, what, what oil based fuels are made out of. So it is effectively a, method for generating a long chain carbon oil type fuel using electricity. So as long as all of your electricity comes only from the sun and wind power, and if you just wave over the fact that none of those are particularly environmentally conscious, then you can have green fuel. Otherwise, you just have a really, really, really inefficient way to make oil. Nobody said the green people had any common sense or logic behind what's going on. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> that's the bottom line. I went down a rabbit hole when I found out about this Chinese uh, restriction on, oh, you know, all the because the, the article that I started from was uh, a lot of Chinese dealers are freaking out because they're going to have cars they can't sell. And I'm like, well, sell them to me. I can still have one. <laughs> well, for now, for now, until uh, Seattle's like, no, can't sell yeah. gasoline anymore. You can have the gas cars. This is where well, the Newsom and Inslee in. are working on that, but they've currently set a deadline that's like 2030 something. But that's where the nudging comes in. It'll be, you can have the gas cars. We're not taking those away. I mean, we are closing all the gas stations, but you can have the gas cars. No law against having one. Uh, Inslee was blabbing the other day about uh, um, telling or trying to find a way to replace all of the gas stations in Western Washington with vehicle charging stations instead. I'm like, you know, that's private property, right? Nope. You're, you're, you're kind of talking about uh, <laughs> going full communism and implementing uh, stealing property from people and forcing them into uh, those folks love going full communism. Yeah. Even if, even if the idea was not batshit insane to replace all of the gas stations with vehicle, charging electric vehicle charging stations uh, the very fact that you're basically taking private property from people and forcing uh, forced labor into things they're not wanting to do there is a definition for this it's called slavery yeah i thought we we're trying to avoid that now no 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 the slavery is perfectly fine as long as it's not historical slavery for the ancestors of people who have the right skin color oh. because skin color is is easily determined by looking at a person, which is honestly the only amount of analysis or thinking that the average wokeist wants to do. True. Then they come up with their own pronouns and it's all downhill from there. 
We are I, not woke. That's one thing you can say about grumpy old men. We are not woke. We are still I'm asleep. I'm still asleep. <laughs> we do have, uh, luckily, we have a, a Patreon account still. Otherwise, we would have nobody to thank. Oh, my gosh. Really? Nobody. Harsh. So, uh, this could be the last grumpy old Benz. Thanks to all you folks who didn't donate to the show. Besides, yeah, way to go, people. Besides uh, bacon. Did dude. I just do all that ranting for nothing? Yeah, I think so. It's like these people, they're Son like that. They want free Bemrose rants. It's like it's too high yeah. quality, man. You can't handle a free Bemrose rant. So next week, I'm going to rant about why I'm ranting. That <laughs> You could probably do at least two hours on that. At least. But our buddy Brian Jeanette comes in with his monthly 10. And as I mentioned over on uh, Random Thoughts, because he comes in on that Patreon as well, all of a sudden there's a column in the Patreon that's like paid something. And under, next to Brian's name, it says fraud. And I'm like, Brian's not a fraud. He's been around <laughs> for a long time. What do you mean fraud? So hopefully well, he, nobody I, got to his account. I can't or something. say for sure. I know his money spends well, but his he, he might not actually be named Brian. True. I don't know what they mean by fraud, what that means in the Patreon system, because it showed that the payment went through on the first of the month. So if it's a fraud, I don't quite understand what that was all about. But check your Patreon, Brian, just for, just to find out what these idiots is doing. Uh, Stephen McConnell comes in with five bucks. Stevie with five bucks. Dennis Woods with five bucks. And Manny Shevitz, the best name on Patreon, coming in with five bucks. And our buddy NetNet just sent us a boostergram of 3333 Satoshis said, from my youth. And it's a picture of a Channel Master wired television remote. I barely oh, nice. remember one wired television remote in my, <laughs> in my house. I don't, think, I don't think we had a wired remote any, at any point. It might have been for like I, one of the first VCRs. I, there was a wire vaguely, for something. I vaguely remember one of the first TVs that we ever had in my house. Well, it wasn't the first one we had in the household. The first one I really remember. This was back in the era when the TV was, uh, you know, the picture on the TV was about the size of the monitor I'm looking at. I'm, you know, what? Yes, very inches. small. But, but the, the whole TV set was a full on piece of furniture the size of a couch. Oh, yeah. Very heavy. And I do remember, and for a long time, I never understood what this was. There was a plug on the front that looked like something you would plug a headphone jack into. But I think that was for a wired remote that was optional that my dad never sprung for. That would make sense. That would make sense. And I remember at the end of the tube television's existence, I was working for a Circuit City-like company. And whatever size the largest one, it might have been like a 35 or 40 inch tube. I mean, it took like 14 people to move the thing. It was so heavy. Now these, uh, these like 60 inch, I mean, it's amazing to me. I remember when we got, and this was still the DLP one. So this, the, the 60 inch DLP Samsung television that I've been abusing for the past 12, 13 years now. I remember when that thing came in and it's like, I just picked it up off the floor myself and put it on the stand. And it's like, how does this even work? It's way better than the tubes though. Way, so, way better. Um, we also, uh, just got a boost while you were talking from Billy bones, Billy bones uh, of the walk through the mind podcast. Thirty four, thirty eight. I think he just wanted to beat net net in the, the amount. Well, I mean, I can understand that who wouldn't want to beat uh, net net and, 
no message. So the message is a Billy Bones rocks and you need to go listen to a walk through the mind. It's a very short podcast. Will not take much of your time. It is philosophy from one of the smartest blue collar guys I've ever known. Now, see, it used to be a show that would take up all of your time until the silences were trimmed. Yeah, until I yeah, until I discovered how to <laughs> to play it at three X speed. <laughs> yes. And but once Billy Bones got the editing down, the content hey, is he's, fantastic. He's got his editing down and the content is good. And he's don't, also don't got the very Fletcher esque, really low voice. It's now, like I'm a walk through the mind. And I know it's Come not gonna show down. up in yours, but I have been paying close attention to my node just to make sure that the stupid thing is working after all of the issues. But you I get it back up, your week. nodes pumping and humping. Stuff again? is back up. Uh I have uh, bi-directional channels. I have officially joined one of Sir Spencer's rings. So you're uh, bi. You and Sir Spencer are bi now together. Well, uh, Spencer and I have a channel to each other, which is part of the ring. <laughs> um, and I have channels to other people. Sounds very I, bi to me. I am. We are fucking lit because this is not going to something that's going to show up on yours because I know it doesn't show you the streaming stuff. But I would point out that since we started, we have active uh, Satoshi's streaming uh, uh, from Podverse and CurioCaster, from uh, Mitch Downey and Eric PP. Well, thank you, Mitch. Actively sending us Satoshis for every minute that we speak, which is incentive to never shut up. Yes, it is. And that's also an incentive for me to move everything over to get LB because then I would see that where I don't, maybe there is a way. I don't know if there's a way to get all these stats through Satoshi Stream, which is still what my end of the. Uh, the GOB is on, but this is a ever growing thing. Podcasting 2.0. You can go to newpodcastapps.com to find out. And I mean, also not that he does anything with podcasting 2.0, but happy birthday, John C. Dvorak today. Oh, wow. 71. I think it was. He should be retiring any day now. Uh, they need an exit strategy for that. They do. The exit strategy is no exit strategy, though. See, I always I always assumed that if if either of them had to uh, go then the obvious choice is uh, you are a, a wisecracking DJ, just like Adam, and you could slide right into his shoes. And I hate everything just like John. So I could be, take that part. This is why grumpy old Benz has always worked in the same of, uh, demographic of uh, no agenda. We are no agenda without clips and different topics, right? And the different, well, it's a slightly same audience, <laughs> just a smaller subset of said audience because i would yeah, bet yeah. i would bet 90 percent of the people that listen to us regularly also listen to the no agenda show yeah when when adam goes into his donation segment he's like oh, and we have 20 or 2589 trolls and i'm like uh we we have 89 <laughs> which i mean hey that's growing i you know that's actually i'm i'm happy that those people are listening but seriously, all you people who are not listening to me right now and therefore can't hear this message, you need to be listening. Right. Because this is some gold content. It is more entertaining than anything you will find on network television. It is it is more entertaining than anything else in this time slot on this web stream. On this particular stream. If you want to help support the show, go to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate. All of the information is here. I did hear on the No Agenda stream. My buddy from the area here who does his uh, liberal garbage podcast. And does anybody want to tell him about sound quality at all of the microphones? You, oh, and, you're talking about uh, Magos? Yeah. No. Yeah. Magos. Yes. Um, William. I figured. 
You know, believe it or not, uh, part of the reason why it dropped into the stream is because he resolved a lot of the sound quality issues. Really? So it's better now than it was? It is. It is way better than it was. Um, (laughs) He needs. There's there's just some practices at this point, like the, the gear is significantly better, but there's some things that he does on the show because he. He, he does his show primarily to be a live show. And I don't know what kind of audience he has. Um, I guess it's enough. Three people. But it, it is it is primarily a live show and he is focusing on the live and the recorded. Then not everything is great. Uh, the other thing that he did, which I thought was actually a pretty huge concession, was he still plays the live music between segments. But now he he actually paired up with Rhino the Bearded and got his hands on a bunch of creative commons music. And so he took care of my biggest excuse. I mean, reason not to put him on the stream. You don't want to be sued into oblivion. Music. Yeah. And and he switched over to entirely creative commons music, which I think is, is a pretty huge move. And the discussions aren't awful. I mean, the, some of his guests are real morons, but, I, but otherwise, I mean, you know, Morons deserve to be heard too. Maybe not by me, but we just got 10,000 more Satoshis from Eric PP who says, have some more sats. See, I'd like that attitude. Oh, we will. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, thank you very much. And everybody, oh, and if you're not involved in the podcasting 2.0 thing, go learn about Proto it. Has to add. Fuck me. Yes. Creative commons. Music is copyrighted. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what. Yeah. You don't know what you're talking about. It's but I'm not going to get copyrighted, thugs. but I'm not going to get thugs from ASCAP banging on the Adam's door. Actually, they don't know where I live. They'll, they'll right. go bang on Adam's door and be like, your stream is playing music that we own. And, and then Adam is going to come to me and be like, you just fucked me. And I didn't even enjoy it. Yeah. And I don't want that conversation. <laughs> no, no, that's not a conversation you want to have. But we do encourage everybody to support all of the podcasts that they listen to and enjoy. But we all understand it's a Joe Biden economy that could change. It is. Things will get better. All your money I won't be going down. will get better. Um, we've, we've got some hard times ahead, but those hard times will create strong men who will create the good times and then we'll be good. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a phase. Things will it's like it's a pendulum swinging. Yeah. Backwards, uh, forwards. I, I I don't remember where this originally came from, but I see it in memes all the damn time. It's uh, good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. Hard times create strong men, and strong men create good times. Nice. Did you know? I have a text right here we, too. Did you know there's a new browser? A new browser. Uh huh. Okay, so that happens every <laughs> ten minutes. But what's this one about? This is uh, from the folks over at Mulvad VPN. Okay. And this is actually kind of interesting because it's based on Firefox. So it's one of the only extraneous browsers that are not based on Chrome. So Good. right there, I'd like it kind of. Uh, well, I, I, I like that already. And I, you know, I really appreciate that Firefox is in its niche as, as much as I hate the wokeness of the mozzarella foundation. I really like that. There's, something out there that's not the chrome engine and the main reason behind this browser is to fuck with browser fingerprinting something we've talked at it at length about okay i like it so this is doing everything it can when they try to get your fonts and they try to get all your 
Java, every all the settings and everything you've got installed on your machine. This goes out of its way to mess with that. And while I haven't gone deep down the hood, a quick fingerprinting test seemed to be doing cool things. I mean, even when you open it up, which is what the Tor browser does, it always leaves somewhat of a um, margin around the screen. And it's, at first it's annoying because you're like, here's my whole fucking screen. But you realize what that's being done for is that then the screen size being sent out is not the same as your monitor. I think that's exactly the right way to deal with the, the kind of fingerprint privacy leaks because, you know, one of the things that I've done in my lockdown browser is that I absolutely limit the amount of data that's sent. I just say, you know, don't send this, don't send this, disable this API. Uh, You know, I don't even run JavaScript. So the JavaScript can't do things like query my, you know, how many network cards I have and what my screen really, et cetera. Um, because but or the problem with that is that uh sites are starting to say you know no data no play and there's a few places where you know if you don't enable a particular api then the site will just not work or so i guess what i'm saying is the and the era of sending no data people are starting to finally figure out that oh well we you know we can we can try to track you by doing this or this or this poisoning. The well though is not something they're going to be able to defend against, you know, sending, sending different data every single time, uh, sending garbage data, you know, filling their database with crap. The, the real benefit of that, by the way, is, is going to be when they start training their AI based on all the garbage data right. that you've been putting into it. Yes. Which- I think this is why AI hallucinations happen is because 4chan's have been filling up, all of their source material with trash for years. Well, and it makes sense because you can't trust the data that's out there. I I laughed. I got an email the other day from Amazon that was like, Hey, do you want to help make Alexa better or more? Whatever the phrase was, they want people to answer. When somebody asks one of these devices, a question that they don't know the answer to, they're going to crowdsource it. I guess you want me to help make Alexa better open source it. Let me build my own fork uh-huh. then we'll talk which that is one thing i liked about the mulvad browser is that it is open source so people can see exactly what's nice. in it and they say they collect zero data and then they even show it one of the faqs does mulvad browser make any outgoing connections and it says yes here's a full list and it yeah. does it looks for a browser update occasionally which makes sense I, it, I would argue that a browser that doesn't make any outbound connections is not very useful. Yes, it's not going to get you anything. <laughs> uh, it looks at the, uh, you know, it goes to no script, you block origin. So there are certain things that it's going to do, but they let you know right up front what those are. And the fact that it's open source, you can see exactly what it's doing. So if you really want to take that extra step to not be able to be fingerprinted, online it's probably an interesting browser to check out from those crazy swedes over at mulvad who i still think they're the only vpn and somebody can correct me if i'm wrong but i believe they're the only vpn that accepts cash in the mail as a payment which i think is fantastic that <laughs> it's still one of the most private options uh-huh it's like that is about as private as you can get they they just generate a number that's all you have which has always been a little weird to me because you have an account number 
but there is no password or anything. They don't need your email. They don't need any identifying information. So once you have that account number with Mulvad, you could just write that on an envelope, put 50 bucks in, send it to Sweden, and they'll add the time when they get the money. I actually have some good news. Uh, this is evidence, by the way, that uh, all of the unfocused rants on this show are actually having an effect Ooh. or at least a couple people. Yes. Um, my wife now uses NordVPN for almost all of her browsing. Nice. And uh, I got one of my best friends to ditch Chrome and install Brave. I like Brave. Uh, there's a couple sites that don't want to work, but you can get around that. There's yeah, here's here's one of the easy ways of dealing with sites that refuse to work with anything but Chrome. Don't use them. You don't need to go there. Uh huh. <laughs> and I have to say NordVPN, they should totally. And I bet we could get a you know stupid thing where like go to NordVPN slash grumpy because uh, I use it with regularity and the speeds that you get. Can we get a big sponsorship deal from them? We should. That would be nice. I mean, more than 15,000 sets a week. Obviously. Yes, that would be a little we need at least 1533 <laughs> and uh the nor i mean I, that's why i'm looking forward to seeing what my actual xfinity speeds are once i can go over the gig mark on uh, tomorrow hopefully but uh nord when connected to nord vpn to a chicago server i mean granted that helps having a bunch of servers in the same city or close enough but I often get hitting like 800 megabits per second, which isn't bad for a gig connection running through another that's, server that's VPN. Damn good for a VPN. Uh huh. Yeah, I remember the VPNs it used to be when I had like this was going back maybe when we had like 35 Mbps down and you would connect to the VPN and get like eight. Yeah, I remember the the first VPN I ever had. I, it was. You know, I had the the broadband connection without it. And then when I connected with it, I'm like, this feels familiar. Yes, I do remember when I was connected over my modem. Uh-huh. We do remember the uh, the acoustic coupler days. Progo wants to know if Grumpy Old Benz gets a NordVPN deal. Wouldn't that disqualify them from the NA stream? It would. And we would gladly leave the NA stream for the right amount of money. Yeah. I <laughs> We're like, I mean, if they want to stream on the stream, right? Anybody listening who is uh, uh, marketing in in NordVPN marketing, um, we're open to negotiations, and we would still be on the stream. It just wouldn't be live, or or it would be live. Did we would just add the ads in after the live show? Oh yeah, we could do dynamically inserted ads. Uh Tom Curry loves those, and we are we are dynamic, so we could just add those right on in. You would never know. We could do dynamically inserted host reads. Exactly. Well, see, that's harder to do. Or though nobody would even notice it because it doesn't even sound. It sounds just like a donation segment then. It doesn't sound like an at, ad read. At what point does podcasting like podcast ads the 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 host read is where you read the ad as part of the show, kind of like what you do with CSB on your other shows. Right. Um, when he sends in Boostagram and I don't want your shouty voice. No, have Larry read. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, that that's a host read, but dynamically inserted is where there's a pre-recorded ad that is stuck into the MP3 as the person downloads it. And it can usually be, you know, it's, it, it's a different one, two different people download. They might get different ads at different points in the show whenever. Um, and, uh, now 
I'm waiting for when, when do podcasts start having host reads done by an AI voice that are dynamically inserted whenever so that you can't tell that it's not a normal host read. Ooh. And at some point, podcast advertising just implodes on itself. It will. It'll get there. I saw a YouTube video last night. I think it was from one of my favorite YouTubers. There are a few good ones out there. Marquez Brownlee, MKBHD, who has been doing tech gear reviews, cell phone reviews since he was like 12. Now I think he's making millions of dollars a year doing this. And he had a deep fake. Good business to be in. Uh huh. He had a deep fake song. And I'm not a big rap or Jay Z fan, but he was totally blown away by how much it sounded like Jay Z in the track. And I'm wondering, it's like how this is going to change everything. Taylor Swift does not need to even record songs anymore. It'll just have your AI voice. Who thinks thinks sounding like Jay Z is, is somehow good. I don't know, but it's a, it's fooling people was the main thing. Not that it necessarily was good for, you know, I didn't, again, not my type of music, but. Besides, if you're going to be, if you're going to have an AI singing, then it needs to be, uh, what was it? Little Troy. Yes, you have to do the baller. <laughs> now, if I see this is what I want now. I want Frank Sinatra singing baller, shot collar. What do you? I would blades. listen to that. That would be awesome. I would listen to that once. Can you imagine? I'd be sick of it. But can you imagine if you could just take any track out there that's currently out there and just press a button and have it sung by any artist you want? All I, the music I, on the radio. I think we're getting there. Yes, that would be. See, this is also going to infect music it's going to infect podcasting you won't know because you're can you imagine if they did that to fucking rogan rogan would be like i'm not putting fucking those ads in well they just use his voice without his knowledge throw the ad over you know or knowing knowing rogan it'd be with his knowledge and blessing he'd be like cha-ching yes it's like give me the money give me the fucking money well here on grumpy old ben's we are not in we have no plans to use ai uh, for ads, for podcasting, everything that you hear is genuine, pissed off, angry humans talking out their asses. And this is what you should support, because where else can you get this but every other podcast in the universe? Yeah, every other podcast on the <laughs> No Agenda stream, at least. <laughs> hey, but we do it with a better quality, man. We have great sound quality. We have great rants. We bring you quality entertainment infosainment or whatever you want to call it i i don't want to call it that no but call (laughs) us again next week and see if we're still here call you cheap fucking bastards maybe we won't be uh, please at least you know try not to have a heart attack between now and then it's only on wednesdays my phone told me right (laughs) but wednesday morning from from midnight to 8 a.m that's right before the show Right. I'm worried it's, about you. It's the it's just, I need you to have a healthy, strong heart so that you can keep podcasting with me. It is just the dread of doing this show that is affecting. <laughs> That's like, no, anything but doing grumpy old bends. With that said, we will be back maybe next week if we're all not dead. And if the internet's still here, we will be back for another grumpy old Benz. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the stuff is about to hit the big metal spinning thing. And hoarding my light bulbs on America's left coast. I'm Ryan Barrows. You are lit.
nobody screams like John Fletcher. <laughs>